0: From Decrypt Media, this is the Decrypt Daily. My name is Matthew Diemer. Today on the show, the United States is looking at CBDCs very closely. That's coming up on the Decrypt Daily. Life is full of what-ifs, some awesome, like what-if AI could fold your laundry. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the show. Today is Wednesday, September 21st, 2022. Got some replies. Or ETH or F? Riker from Wyoming says ETH, but also who the hell should care? I agree. Who cares? <laughs> Skyler wrote in and said, hey, Matt, listen to some responses today and just wanted to say your podcast is 100 times better than the Bloomberg podcast that Spotify keeps putting on my daily drive playlist and saying F. Without using the ETH version, just sounds like you have a lisp and trying to say the letter S. So that's why I use that version. Skylar, actually, I don't know what you're saying. Are you using the ETH version or the ETH version? I think you're using the ETH version. Correct me if I'm wrong. And lastly, Skylar writes, for a fun NFT stories today, here is the last proof of work and the first proof of stake NFTs sold on Ethereum. And a link to an article from Forecast News. And the Forecast News article says the last block of the proof of work Ethereum chain before the merge was filled by Vanity Blocks NFT minted for 31.5 F. And that's F, by the way, which was succeeded by the first NFT post-merge proof of stake chain minted an NFT for 36 F. Skyler continues to say, keep up the good work and always ignore the two star reviews. Thank you, Skyler. Appreciate that. However, I never Ignore the two-star reviews because I think the two-star reviews and the other reviews that aren't five-star actually puts you in your place. You actually start to think about the different things and go, "Hey, why did I get a two-star review? Did this person not get hooked on the first episode or like just the whole format of the show? Like, what could I do better?" Sometimes you get enough five stars or four stars or whatever, just like praise and whatever, that you get kind of like stuck in your bubble. Like, yeah, I'm doing a great job. Always challenge yourself, and that's what a two-star review does. It challenges you to think outside of your bubble. And finally, Pablo wrote back in and said, Hey, Matthew, somebody quoted me on Monday regarding my point of view on proof of work, assuming that I was a Bitcoin maxi. Just to be clear, I was an F miner, and I'm currently hodling F and looking for friends to create a staking node. Actually, my Bitcoin holding is very small. We got to work on that. You got to get some more Bitcoin, my friend. Pablo continued to say, My last week email was to point out that proof of stake and proof of work are not really decentralized when you add the pool of factors. Yes, proof-of-work has an advantage due to the mining equipment custodial, but look into proof-of-work if it was attacked or other smaller proof-of-work chains. When pools or miners get together, they can attack the network. The big difference with big chains is if you want your mining business model to work in safety in your network, then you don't attack it. I believe that the proof-of-stake centralized exchanges knows will want the same. And in good long-term business proof-of-stake or proof-of-work, the network remains safe so nobody attacks it. Maybe I'm completely wrong, not an expert in the deep details. Anyway, I wanted to clarify. Pablo. So Pablo was shooting back at an email we got on Tuesday. Thank you, Pablo, for listening and writing back in. Now, let's get into those crypto prices. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talk. And I'm recording this at 1047 a.m. Eastern Daylight Savings Time. We have Bitcoin sitting at $19,340, up 1.8% in 24. And by the way, the Fed is going to meet today and tomorrow. And uh, we can look at maybe 75 to 100 basis points raises in rates. This is going to, in my opinion, as we saw historically, just totally throw the market into turmoil for the next 48 hours. So just hold on. Ethereum is at $1,350, up 0.3% in 24. Tether's number 3, USDC is number 4, and Binance is number 5 at 269, up a half a percent. Rounding off the top 10, we have BUSD, XRP, Cardano, Solana, and Doge. The total market cap is up 1.4% at 935.7 billion. We have a BTC dominance of 39.7 and an F dominance of 17.7. And I just wanted to note, by the way, The Ethereum Classic price has dropped around 23% over the past week. Uh, We're currently sitting at $29.05. It's down 1% in 24. However, it's just been kind of going down the past week after the merge. However, over the past three months, Ethereum Classic has went up from like $15 all the way up to say, you know, $44, $45. And it has continually slipped down after the merge. So pre-merge, everybody was like, okay, proof of work, Ethereum Classic. Let's ape into that. After it, they started selling. They started selling Ethereum, too. They started selling a lot of different things. So, so like I said, a lot of people were buying the rumor and selling the news. We'll see how everything works out over the next, well, we'll see what happens with these Fed rates. Moving into today's headlines, a judge from New York has ordered stablecoin issuer Tether to produce financial documents providing the dollar backing of USDT. They also want some general ledgers, balance sheets, income statements, cash flow statements, and profit and loss statements. And in addition to all of that information, they want information about the timing of trades they made. And this is part of a lawsuit alleging that the firm manipulated the crypto markets. Tether claims that the composition of its reserves is commercially sensitive and revealing it would damage its business. And I call bullshit on this because it's a stablecoin. I think that that's what we need to do. We need to audit these uh, stablecoins, USDC, USDT, and so on and so forth that have claimed one-to-one backing from U.S. dollars there needs to be an audit. And I don't think that's a good excuse that it's going to hurt its business. Isn't that kind of like what the Fed says? We're just going to print money out of thin air, and if we get an audit, <laughs> it's going to hurt our business? Like, we have a problem with that. That's the whole point of, like, this whole thing, right? We wanted to have more transparency, and that's my second point, is that was, like, everything that the crypto space was started on back with Bitcoin, is transparency in how this currency, this money is created and issued. And so this is just, like... Literally, really pushing away from the whole ethos of sound money. What do you think, Matthew Arnett, to CryptoCL? Speaking of stablecoins, actually, there's a lot of news about stablecoins today, I think. I think. Anyway, we'll see soon. Leaders of the House Financial Services Committee continue to negotiate on the terms of a proposed bill to regulate cryptocurrency, even as the window to act draws increasingly narrow heading into the midterm elections. We're leading into the midterm elections? Huh. I didn't notice that. Sarcasm, guys. That's sarcasm. The latest draft legislation would ban algorithmic stablecoins like TerraUSD for two years while regulatory agencies conduct a study of these types of tokens. And here's the thing. I want to support innovation, and I agree with this, though. I think that there should be a ban because we see that stablecoins are just not working. And they keep coming out, and they keep just rugging everybody. What do you think, Matthew Arnett, at Crypto CEO? Do you think that banning algorithmic stablecoins is a bad idea for innovation? Or do you think it's good consumer protection and the protection of national markets? This is a very interesting one coming up. And I do have opinions about this. And I do want your feedback on this. Five speakers at a hearing for the U.S. House Committee on Financial Services voted in favor of the United States developing some kind of national stablecoin or CBDC or central bank digital currency and this vote was unanimous held on tuesday citing competition from china's progress on its digital currency the u.s house subcommittee on national security international development and monetary policy hosted the hearing titled under the radar horrible title in marketing if you're talking about cbdc's like it's just literally like giving away like seeing the quiet thing out loud anyway it was titled under the radar alternative payment systems And the national security impacts of their growth. The panel's vote doesn't guarantee a U.S.-based CBDC, just tells us their position on the matter, the committee's position on the matter, that is. Specifically, Republican Congressman French Hill of Arkansas said that the U.S. must take measures to ensure that the U.S. dollar remains the reserve currency of the world. And he continued to say, Spending money like a drunken sailor puts the dollar at far more risk than this debate about digital currency. But I will argue our bill will be marked up and passed into law so that we have a definitive all-of-government review of how we maintain a 21st century competitive U.S. dollar. And the whole idea of this conference is this is not just a China issue. It's a general issue. There are 104 countries currently exploring CBDCs. And if the United States doesn't explore CBDCs, then the U.S. dollar will be less competitive and will be left in the dust. Now, here comes my thoughts on CBDCs. And I want your thoughts because I think this is going to be one of the most important conversations of our lifetime when it comes to the economy. The move from the United States to go into some sort of central bank digital currency or a digital currency or programmable currency is absolutely scary. The slippery slope, the slopes of slip. Is unthinkable of where we can go with the amount of control, the amount of monitoring, the amount of surveillance, the amount of restriction to what we can spend, to where we can save, to what we can do with our money is unbelievable. Your imagination couldn't slip so far down the slope to actually understand all of the implications. CBDCs are absolutely dangerous for freedom, for our constitution for sovereignty, for individual rights. However, I believe that they're inevitable. And that's the conflict. No matter how much we protest for this, I first of all don't think there's going to be enough people that will protest for this. There will be a few people protesting, but most people will just be silent because they don't kind of get it or don't really want to look into it because it is a deep subject to really kind of understand. You have to understand a lot of different things about the crypto space. You have to understand digital currency. You have to understand like the the Fed in general, money in general, the financial system, smart contracts, what you can do with smart contracts, programmable money. You just have to go through all of this to actually understand what a CBDC can do and what it is, what it could do in the slippery slope. I I do think they're inevitable. But this is an issue we have to be so, so vigilant on. Because if we even let up on the gas for one minute, constitutional rights will be eroded, I promise you. And they'll do it in the back end. They will do it in the back end where you won't even know that this is happening until it's too late. And it'll be so entrenched, so deep. It's kind of like our data on the Internet, kind of like, um, you know, Facebook and Instagram and YouTube and how these data brokers are just selling your data all over the place. As of right now, it's so convoluted (laughs) that it's almost impossible to stop without changing the whole system and economies and business models of every company that make of our, our economy. I think CBDCs will be that next step. And it'll be too late before we actually realize what happened. Okay, that was a little bit of a rant. But hey, Matthew, I want your opinion. And finally, I have a lot of opinions today. And here's going to be another one after I redo this article. The popular stock trading app Robinhood listed USDC earlier today, the first stablecoin to be available to retail investors on its platform. Our vision, they said, with crypto is to be the most trusted platform for customers to invest in crypto as well as the most trusted on-ramp to the decentralized web. They continue to say, customers tell us that they want us to introduce more coins onto the platform. Here's my criticism of this. I don't understand why they need it. When you're trading on a centralized exchange, finance, so on and so forth, you need a stable coin so you can get out of, say, your Bitcoin, because there's no way to go into U.S. dollars, no digital dollars. This was the digital dollar, so you can, like get out of your Bitcoin, and then trade back into it. Basically, you don't exit the exchange. And Robinhood has the same thing. You just kind of like sell your stock. It goes into your wallet, and you can buy back in or buy back, you know. It's a, they already have this kind of like automated. Unless it's a way to get out of this kind of like brokerage, kind of like clearinghouse sort of model, and just for all crypto, they just use stable coins and maybe Circle is like have, having a way to, I guess, maybe administer this. I don't know why they need it. So it's interesting that they are introducing a stablecoin. Anyway, what do you think? I know I'm missing some kind of nuance about this. The nuance was not in the article. Email me, Ern at Decrypt.co. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Decrypt Daily. My name is Matthew Diemer. Hey, you know what? I love five stars on Apple Podcasts. I love comments on Apple Podcasts. Hook me up. Thank you very much. And until tomorrow, happy hodling, everyone.